0: Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of July 13th. I'm your host, Swab, Derek Kessinger. Kovac, I know you're jealous, but I'm back from Disney. Feeling good, refreshed. By the way, you guys had a great, phenomenal show with the Todd Father uh, back in action, finally, on the Dirt Reporters. Uh, Of course, I'm joined by the editorial staff of Kevin Kovac, Robert Holman, and Kyle McFadden. And Kovac, Brandon Overton is back. Or did he ever really leave? Because that stat you posted, he was $415,000 difference from last year to this year in winner's purses at the same time in 2021 to this year. So is he finally back or did he ever leave?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, he never was really, it wasn't like he was an also ran. That's why I even like talked to him about like after the race. Uh, it, it's fine. i, I, I he he cracks me up sometimes you know his interviews are always good because he, he just has like i've always said like he has that little he has that little southern southernisms that he throws in there too that make his make all his comments uh more interesting but uh i mean he can't and i walked up to him uh after uh, uh saturday night at at deer creek in the pits he's like yeah you know, he goes like it's about damn time right kovac you know he's just that's the first thing he says you know and then I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you hadn't been able, he hadn't been able to get the big win. His biggest win this year had been out of eight races, I think, it had been fifteen thousand uh, dollars. So he, it's it's unusual not to have like him. Mean, he had, I think, it was eleven races, twenty thousand or more last year. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Uh, five of them that were fifty thousand or more. More than half of that four hundred thousand dollars that he had last year at this point. In first place winnings was from the, from the sweeping the dream weekend too 273,000 right there. So, uh, you know, that kind of, that, that was kind of a, it, it threw that off kilter a little bit because how many times you're going to sweep a, a four races at the, at the dream? Cause when you, when you have a chance to do that, uh, that, that makes it a little bit extra money, but I would say that he was coming back now. I mean, he, he gets, he's back on track with that win. He was very happy, but he also, I mean, Overton knows he's very uh, he he understands the racing game. And he said he was telling me that on Saturday that tomorrow he could be back, uh, you know, struggling and trying to figure it out. And then guess what? I mean, I went to on Monday, I went to Stewart's International Speedway in uh, uh, Iowa for the XR Super Series race. Overton doesn't qualify. 42 car field Overton doesn't qualify. I walked through the pit area after the you know, after he didn't qualify and he sees me and he's like, ah. I suck again, Rock right, Kovac. You know, and I'm like, oh yeah, I don't know about you sucking again. I mean it, and again, he's we're grading on the curve here, I guess, because he's so had such a good season last year. Finishing second and third is hard for him, but well, we still have to see that he's not back at that level he was last year, consistent winning all those big races. He has some things to figure out. He like he said at um on Monday night. At Stewart, he hasn't figured everything out yet. How, you know, just those different rule changes and tires and all that.
0: Yeah, $50,000 payday for Big Sexy. Robert, I know he was probably handshaking Chris Madden and JD because they were the first two nights, cream of the crop. They were running fast. They decided to take that bonus to start in the 12th. But Madden, who I thought had the best car the whole weekend, he rallied towards the end. A late yellow comes out. Overton was able to hold on. But, you know, Overton's still counting that payday a little bit. But if Madden maybe decided to start up front, he probably would have won that race. He was a good car all weekend. And of course, he took that challenge.
2: Well, first of all, I, I need to say that um, that, was a, that was a terrible uh, Brandon Overton impression by Kevin Kovac. That that I mean, come on. If he if this is why he was late to our show today, because he was up all night practicing his Brandon Overton impression, he, he he's gotta work on you gotta work on that. I'm not sure to take if I should take the southernisms as a compliment, Kevin, you know, that you mentioned because you did kind of say that make things better, I guess, when he talks, I guess, about the things he explains. So I, I'm gonna take that as a compliment since I'm I'm down here in the south as well. Uh, But the but the accent and the uh, and the impression, uh, you didn't have that quite dialed in. I mean,
1: yeah, I, I got to throw a little piece. I got to throw a little chew in or something, too. Maybe that's why. That's why. Right. Right, Derek. That's probably why we didn't uh, get that. I didn't get that exactly right with Overton because he has that. I mean, we know Grizzly what kind winter, of chew he, he has now, pouches.
0: too. Grizzly wintergreen
1: pouches. Grizzly wintergreen pouches. Exactly right. We know that now because he asked us to pick him up some at uh you know, or asked Derek did uh, at Larnerville because I uh, needed to get some at sheets form or somewhere 7-Eleven, wherever we got it. Right. But uh, we know maybe we got to well, put some, I'll try some of that next time.
2: <laughs> what you need to do is like on the plane flight home or the driver, just work on that some more because like when I'm driving down the road in these long drives, I work on, you know, if I'm listening to to prints, I work on my, you know, my prints impersonation, whatever music I'm listening to. Uh, and so so work on that and and get back to us on that. But uh to to answer your question, which I can't even remember what it was, uh actually, I think it was uh would Chris Madden have won had he uh not taken that it was uh, that challenge? question.
0: It was that and then Most also likely. Brandon Overton's like, oh thank goodness he took that uh bonus challenge. <laughs> uh,
2: you know, I, I think that it was definitely anytime you get those guys behind you, as tough as it is to pass now, it's a it's a bonus anyway money or whatever it's it's a plus if you can get if you know that you can tell they want to be in a redraw uh because you need to be that's how important these heat races and stuff are now so anytime you can get the two best guys who who have you know for the last what three four five weeks they've been neck and neck in our uh dirt on dirt power rankings poll just to see and they've been tied a couple of times to see who's the best in the country so anytime you get those two guys behind you at the start of a feature and you don't have to actually pass them so i don't care who you are if you can start in front of them you're gonna you're gonna fare better uh maybe not always hold them back as we saw with that late late caution there that madden is confident he would have won that race had it not been for that caution very confident that it was his race uh, uh without the caution so uh, so you know had he been in front already yeah it would have been it would have been very tough for anybody to have uh you got clean air, you can go the line that you want to you've got so many different you know a lot of guys will say it's difficult leading a race when you're running through traffic and whatnot, you know, but at the same time, if you're good enough, you can kind of sit back and pick your spots on where you need to pass a guy in traffic, whereas when you're chasing somebody and you got a little a guy that's that gets through traffic and you're like oh I got to go now it's just a little more treacherous so definitely overton uh was was like you know we need to take advantage of this i'm not sure he was like patting him on the back saying you know thanks for thanks for taking that you know challenge or whatever but i guarantee you he's sitting there thinking okay we got him behind us We've got to take advantage of this. This is our opportunity to get uh, that first fifty thousand dollar payday for us this season.
0: Yeah, and Kyle, how shocked were you that JD and Madden decided to do that? Because I feel like in the state of our sport, if you are that good, you are starting up front. You ain't gonna take that challenge. They're like, you know what, whatever. We don't. We're not battling for points. Let's try to make a little extra buck. But I was kind of shocked that both of them took it.
3: Yeah, I think also too. You know, Robert drew a pretty good point. You know. Say if like, you know, they hadn't won what they've won in terms of like winnings this year and earnings and money. Uh, would they take the easier route over the weekend on Saturday and have a clear shot at the fifty K? Could look at it that way too. Starting row six in a 75 lap race, I think it was, right? That's not uh terribly far fetched. So um and especially with I was more shocked, honestly, that JD only improved what two two spots the whole race you know he started 11th and finished 9th and you know madden he was able to drive right on up through there and 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 you know probably should have taken down brandon overton so um i wasn't too shocked i think honestly you know with the format deal that they had you know starting them on row six i think that's that's perfect I, i think row row 10 you know, that's 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 too easy to turn down, you know, row seven, you know, you start thirteenth and fourteenth. I mean, that's pretty deep. You know, starting eleventh and twelfth, I, I don't think that's a you know, a uh, too tall of an order. But I mean, obviously, as Robert said, I mean it's so hard to pass. I mean, I've the deepest that I've seen a winner come from this year in, in the field in person for me was Tim McCready back at All Tech in April. He started eleventh. And uh even then, I mean he, he had to fight, you know, tooth and nail to get on up through the field. So um, no, I actually wasn't too shocked by it. Probably if Madden would have started on the front row, you know, it'd probably be a different conversation. But then also too, you know, Brandon Overton looked really good and he was due. So uh I guess things just happened. I'd actually like to see more events maybe take on that format, you know, where where you have the preliminaries leading into a big finale uh, to give the winners, you know, of those prelim nights that option, you know, to drop back. And and, and uh, that's if that's available, if the money's available to even do that. So I liked what the Gopher 50 did this past weekend, and it makes for good, good conversation and good uh, hypotheticals too.
2: You also have to consider that uh, Chris Madden came – from 11th the night before or a race or two before, if he could do that in such a short amount of time, you know, think about, he's probably thinking, Hey, I did, you know, that's how good he was. He did it in like 25 laps or 30 laps, whatever that race was the night before or Day or two before, so, night. so you're you're right, Kyle. It definitely wasn't far-fetched for Madden to do it because, you know, he, was, he had proven how good he was at that track. It's one thing you get there and it's your first night there and you don't know how good you're going to be and you don't know how the feature's going to race or whatever, but when you get there and you run a race or you've already ran a race and you've already done it once coming from 11th, it's not that far-fetched.
0: Kovac, you were on the scenes. Uh, you could just tell that Madden was pretty confident, and obviously he was pissed off after the race because he thought he could have won. But he would have started in the front row. We're not talking about this. He's still fifty thousand dollars richer.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess you could say he was kind of playing with a little bit of house money there because because he has uh, he had already he went over six hundred thousand dollars in earnings uh, for the season when he won that five thousand the first night on Thursday from eleventh, and that was an impressive run. Uh, but everything really did go well, perfectly for him in that race. I mean, he made a three wide pass with uh, a few laps to go, of uh, Brandon Shepard and Jonathan Davenport off a of four to win that Thursday night race, which is how many times is that going to happen? Is that, are those two, are you going to pass those two? He knew how much uh, Madden knew how, um, how impressive that race was too, uh, uh, so I mean, he he had a chance there, like, hey, you know, we we've made a lot, I could I could go for a lot more, you know. Like he was just trying to make he was trying to to make that into even more money that that he's won, and uh and and like Kyle said, it wasn't he wasn't going to he wasn't going to last. He was only going to twelfth, uh, and da- Davenport went with him. I mean, I think if Davenport turns that down, uh, when they did the you know when they asked him if they're going to take the challenge. I think that maybe, you know, Madden doesn't do it because he didn't want to be, he figured, hey, well, we can race uh, Davenport up through the field. I don't think he wanted to have Davenport after winning the night before uh, on the pole and, and spotting him that many spots. Uh, so that, that, that factored into the, the situation too. And also remember, neither of those guys are running for points. Uh, I talked to Tim McCready, who was started fourth a, in the original lineup and, in the second row would have had a chance to take that challenge also if the first two guys didn't. So McCready would have had a had an opportunity to to move back, but he said it was most likely he wasn't. Uh, not with a championship on the line, you know. I mean, yeah, it's so many things. I mean, he's running, he's neck and neck with Brandon Shepard for that title. He did take the point lead back after Deer Creek also. So that gives him, a, you know, more, throws it more in the factor, and that's why it's going to be tough to get, ever get like a, a series points chaser. To do it during a during our series race, uh but guys like Madden and Davenport—that was a perfect storm for them to take that challenge.
0: Yeah, and Kovac, you led to my next next thing I was going to ask you. The weekend winner was Brandon Overton, but as an overall season, T Mac takes the lead on Brandon Shepard, who went you know backwards in that feature, and they actually went 900 miles or whatever it was back to West Virginia to get a new car ready because they found that it was bent. You don't see that, A, too many times where a team is already out west going all the way back to the east coast of West Virginia. So should we hit the panic button on the one car? T-Max in the lead. He's always consistent. And, you know, a lot of rumblings are saying, oh, about time, Sheppy. They're in a Lucas Oil hunt. Blue one is. It's not World of Outlaws. It's a lot tougher to win this one.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely there's definitely tough competition for uh for Shepherd there, and he struggled a little bit like in that uh you know from the May from when the Show Me 100 through uh Smoky Mountain you know West Virginia Smoky Mountain those three straight big races that with Lucas. Uh, he didn't really run well. It got a little bit better in the Firecracker 100 at Learnerville, and then he wins Muskegon County's $30,000. And that kind of, when he he swept the weekend there, both of his races that he ran, including the preliminary, he kind of felt like, hey, he's now he's getting back on track. His first, uh, you know, over $20,000 win in a, in a couple years almost. Uh, and that that was a that was kind of a a good breakthrough for him. And then he goes to and he started off really well at Deer Creek too. He he nearly. He nearly won the first night. Uh, if it wouldn't been for that Madden pass, maybe Shepard's in victory lane. Madden pulled off something unthinkable almost to take that race. And and then Friday, it, was, it wasn't as he started near the front of the race, uh, the preliminary feature. He had no, I mean, not thinking that someone would go sideways and spin in front of him, but on a restart, right, well, one lap into the race, Kyle Bronson just got sideways going into one uh, when Shepard uh, happened to have a good run on the outside. Uh, going in there, he's barreling in in the corner, and then Bronson's car stalled the motor, gets rammed right by by Shepard. You don't and you don't see Shepard hit the wall very often, uh, hard. And and I tell you what, I I you I watched a video of that you watched a replay. I, it didn't seem like uh oh, he didn't hit it that hard when I when I was watching it live. And then I watched that video again, and you see it slow mo, and and he bet he hit the the driver's side door of Bronson's car. Back this car into the wall and, and it got up on its side, like on its right side wheels. I we, we came close to even flipping it. And then you see the car in the pits afterwards and man, and the rear bumper was, was mangled and, and there was, uh, the, the rear clip had been shifted. So they had to use a port of power to try to fix that. They'd take the fuel cell out, fix it up. And, and they were hoping that that would be all right. And then, well, you know, it, it's tough to fix it perfectly when you're on the road, uh, you know, a, a frame thing like that. And, Man, and Shepard was like that car just got worse and worse and worse as the race went on. The track dried out. He fe- I think he finished 20th after starting, uh, uh, you know, up in the fir- up in the top. Uh, I think he started up starting uh, fifth, uh, with the guys moving back. So that was not a good run. They knew something was had to be done. They're supposed to be on the road, uh, for the next more than a month, all the way through the USA Nationals, the beginning of August. So they were they were prepared to be out there. They had two cars but they don't want one of those cars the rest of the way to be this damaged one that they just don't think is going to be right. Uh, and they'd be, uh, you know, worried about running. So let's head home. I mean, those guys and Mark Richards, he's not afraid to drive a truck. That's for sure. Let's go 900 miles home. Let's say they had a frame sitting there ready to get back together, put it back together and we'll get back on the road. And they just had to give up the Stuart races. They'll be back on the road Thursday and, uh, Uh, And hopefully with a brand new car that'll uh, make sure that they have two good cars for this long uh, trip and a lot of big races uh, that'll be coming up for, you know, especially Lucas Point races to, you know, get for the championship hunt.
0: Changing gears a little bit, Robert, you're on the Hell Tour, but officially it was the Rain Tour there all week. They didn't race for six days. They finally get one in at Highland on Saturday. Tanner English held off Shannon Babb. Bobby Pierce wins Sunday at Hobstop, one of my favorite tracks, close to home to you as well. But my biggest concern is, has the Summer Nationals lost its luster a little bit this week with the rainouts? And then on top of that, you have Brian Shirley and Jason Fager, who didn't go Sunday to Tri-State, Illinois, Staples. So have you kind of lost a little luster there a little bit because of the rainouts and those guys dropping off?
2: I can tell you for me that – it lost a little luster for me because I'm sitting there in a a hotel in, um, in Illinois, back to back to back. Yeah. Yeah. If you say so for back to back nights. And, uh, you know, I know some folks, uh, from here in my, my hometown who were in Florida down on the, on the Gulf coast. And I can tell you that from looking at, at, uh, where they were versus where I was, I would have much rather been, Sitting on the beach uh you know drinking a beer and listening to country music for for sure, as opposed to uh where I was sitting in Illinois, watching it rain for you know forty eight hours but uh as far as the the luster we we talked about this we talked about this before we we talked about whether or not that deal can sustain itself with five thousand to win races. And then 10,000 for the weekends, but basically 5,000 win races in the climate that we're in, in terms of A, how much it costs to go up and down the road, and B, how much a lot of these other deals are paying now. At the end of the day, a racer has to look out for himself. A racer has to, whether or not he's committed to whatever he's, the main thing he's committed to is is buying groceries, period. That, that is what a racer is committed to buying groceries, paying his bills. If a racer feels like he can make more money by going to Iowa, like, uh, like Jason Fager and Brian Shirley, if, he, if they feel like they can do better, you know, and what did they really lose by not going? What did those two guys, for instance, not lose, by not going to Hopstock nothing. They're still second and third in points. Then maybe they could have won. A, maybe one of them could have given, you know, Pierce a run for their money and won that race. Sure. But in the grand scheme of things, Bobby Pierce is still leading it. He's going to win the championship. Uh, Fager and Shirley are still second and third or third and second, whatever they are. And then, of course, there's Peyton Freeman, uh, who has been just too inconsistent at this moment. He's ran. He's had really good runs, but he's had some bad luck, and he's been too inconsistent to challenge for a a championship. So those two didn't lose a thing by breaking off the tour and heading to Iowa. And so so why not do that? Why not go home, get a good night's sleep in your own bed, Get your equipment kind of refreshed? Plus, Fager was at, Fager told me that he was going to uh, Hobstadt, and then he was he already told me he was going to Iowa, so I knew that was happening. But if you looked at Fager's car after the race at Highland, that thing was beat up, man. He came from 13th to third or something, and, and he and, and you know, the track was rough. And so I'm not really 100% sure that that you'd want to go to Stewart with a car in that condition. So I'm sure he just is like, well, you know, let's just skip tomorrow, go home and straighten out our body panels and get our stuff ready to go to Stewart. You know, and that he didn't have the luck that he had hoped for out there, but, uh, but it is what it is. At the end of the day, a driver is going to look out for himself. That's been that way from the beginning of auto racing, and it never will change. So the Summer Nationals, I'm not sure what you do, you know, Sam. And I've written this, I think, twice in in various forms that, you know, Sam Driggers, the uh, Summer Nationals, Dirt Car Summer Nationals director, has said, hey, you know, people lose fact of the fact that this deal was made for the little guy, that this guy, that this deal was originally started because of uh, uh, weekly racers. Well, that's kind of where it's at sort of right now. Uh, you know, there's still, you know, you still have Bobby Pierce out there who's going to you know, win his fifth, which is very impressive. But if you look at what this guy, this thing was originally made for, it kind of ballooned over. It had a such a, it had such star power over the years with Billy Moyer and Shannon Babb and even Bloomquist running it a couple of years and Don O'Neill and all these just national stars running that deal that honestly, I think people have kind of got spoiled. Through your area there Derek, through through the midwest and through illinois it's being able to hey there's a great right and brandon shepherd you know um uh dennis herb all these guys that have won this deal and and, it, and have gone on i think it spoiled people to what to what this thing kind of started out as being so i don't think it's a bad thing that it's uh, that it's not drawing that huge star power because those guys are off making money doing something else now. But I think you kind of have to take a step back and and say, this is what we have. We're either going to stick with this, we're going to stick with this format, we're going to continue to pay and five thousand and ten thousand, or next year we're going to come in here and we're going to throw money at it and see what see what happens. I'm not sure that's a, a situation that you really want to do. At the end of the day, the Hell Tour is still the Hell Tour. It is tough. And I'm not hundred percent sure that throwing a bunch of money at it is gonna draw a bunch more people because if you don't have the right help if you don't have the right equipment if you don't have if you don't have the right desire you will not survive on on the dirt car summer nationals it is very very tough hell i haven't been working on a car i've been in i've been to uh, i was supposed to do eleven races got two rain outs so i've gotten i've done nine and man i was glad to get home you know i was tired and uh and I haven't even been working on a car i do sometimes these Racers think that they work hard and, you know, I own a a race car, so I do know how hard they work. But there are a lot of times when I've been sitting at a desk writing a story, falling asleep, saying to myself, oh, I'd much rather be at the racetrack straightening out a quarter panel right now than writing this story. I mean, honestly, you know, because we stay. I mean, those guys travel a lot. They work hard. They're out in the heat. But, man, there are a lot of times when I'd rather be doing what they're doing as what we're doing actually, because we stay up really late. We travel the same amount as they do, and it's it's not that easy uh, and so I was ready to get home. I'm sure those guys are ready to get home it's It's been a weird summer nationals this year for sure.
0: yeah, it seemed like to me, you know being an Illinois guy following the series that the first two and a half three weeks when you're in an Illinois. Yeah, the outlaws off. You had a lot of cars. I mean, the car count was up definitely those first three weeks and it has in previous years. Different winners. Um, seemed like it had some momentum. And then, the, you know, the rain out, you don't have Macon, you don't have Farmer City, two staples where you're going to have some good car counts. They didn't run. And now you go to Indiana. And I, I always say once you leave Illinois and you have a week in between that and, like, the Michigan tracks, it always loses its luster a little bit because you're not going to get some uh, Illinois state drivers to head that way um also a good point is like somebody was going after me on twitter it is some of these tracks biggest money makers of the season so i understand while sam's you know throwing them a bone to have a race now do we need to get some of these tracks out of here for sure i mean we had a couple you know two or three tracks where the conditions were not the greatest so i get that they got to be able to pick and choose a little bit better and if all these tracks want it i think it should be a bidding system for some of them towards the end of it i mean if they're saying, hey, we want a Summer Nationals track, they got to show us, hey, they have good weekly car counts. They have super late model racing, uh, you know, two or three times a year, not just one race. This is the first race we're going to do, and maybe just raise the pay a little bit. I don't think maybe if you do like 7500 during the week and then still 12000 on the weekends, I think maybe that would help out a little bit. But I'm with you. It is for the little guy. It is for the tracks to make money. So you got to find that uh, double-edged sword a little bit there, Robert. So I agree with you on the most part of that but when you have rain outs like that and you head to indiana and uh, ohio you're definitely going to lose its mojo a little bit especially in the lane of lincoln because you're always going to get the good guys when you race at like the legendary illini tracks like farmer city fairberry spoon river so those will always still have good car counts and the heavy hitters will be at those it's just as other tracks you got to kind of look at and worry about kyle before we get to our thing what is one thing other than the summer nationals or lucas oil that caught your eye before we head into the you know the topic for the day. Anything pop up to you?
3: Well, last last Wednesday night, you know, um, the, the day that our show drops, you know, that night last week, you know, what a race at Davenport last week, right? I mean, I mean, three wide battle for the lead with with Hudson O'Neill and Mike Marlar and you know Brandon Overton. You know, he could have cashed in there too. So, um, you know, that I was kind of going through social media and and, and just all the people that just raved just about. racing there too and um i was uh i was actually at the davenport race for the summer nationals uh a few weeks ago and and i was very impressed with the the facility and just the racing product and just the whole experience the uh just uh just everything that that track offers and and you just walk in there and you just lay eyes on it either in person or or on the TV or on your computer or on your phone, whichever way you're watching, you know, races. uh, And it's clear the quarter mile track is receiving, you know, the national recognition. And, and, uh, you know, it was good to see the Lucas Series go back there for the first time in 15 or so years. So uh, that race was very good. You know, it was good to see Tanner Tanner English, you know, knock off another victory this past uh, Sunday. I think that was his third win in, in 12 races, and uh, I think he's certainly getting closer to his first World of Outlaws victory, too. So And he's not too far behind Max Blair also in the rookie of the year chase. I think he's 22 points behind uh, and like 170 or so behind uh, Dennis Herb, who has a strong command in the series lead. So those are the two things that also caught my eye over this past week.
0: Yeah, Tainer English is starting to heat up and it's a good second place battle there with Max Blair as uh Tanner will be trying to catch up to him. I don't know if anybody will catch Dennis Herb Jr. as a whole, because he's been uh he's gonna go to three racetracks. He's very good at this weekend, so I think he's gonna continue extending that points lead. All right, guys. So this topic today, I was just walking on my or running in my morning. I was like, what could we do today? All these races going on, hell JD winning the million dollars a month ago. Overton wins 50 grand. TMAC won two weeks ago at Lernerville. And it's already thrown out the window, I feel like. I feel like some national touring wins that are $10,000 for a certain guy. If they win it, eh, not that big deal anymore. A summer nationals race, you have rumblings. Oh, Pierce wins a summer nationals race at HopSot. He's cherry picking. You know, you see that on social media. I don't believe it because I think it's damn tough to win a race. But Kovac, are we in this crazy world in 2022? Where wins maybe don't mean the same anymore as they did maybe ten years ago because there's just so much racing. The fifty thousand dollar to win race is now the new twenty five thousand dollar to win race. So if you have a twenty k to win, it doesn't really matter anymore. Are these wins still mean something? I think it does for the drivers because they're getting that payday and maybe a certain race, a cool trophy, and you know get their name in the back of the shirt. But I think maybe as a whole, the population watching, I don't think I don't think the wins mean as very much. Am I wrong about that?
1: Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say very much, you know, like, like that. that's that's cut to say, because like you said, every win, you, you still got to be good to get a win. And and especially you got to be good to get a win on a on touring series that have a lot of good drivers, no matter what, you got to be able to know how to figure out those different racetracks. Uh, but when, when there are so many $50,000 to win races and these $50,000 to win races aren't all 100 lappers. I mean, when you when you think of a $50,000 to win race for the last two decades. I can't I mean forever. Almost really. You're thinking of a hundred lap race. you are are thinking of a, a multi-day show where everything's building up to this big long distance race. And when those, when that, per, whoever wins that race has, it, it's not normal. It's not a normal 50 lap or 60 lap or anything like that. It, it's a, it's a race that's unusual. It's unique where, because you don't have that many long distance races anymore. I mean, that, I guess there was a stretch like in the 2000 stuff where there were more 100 lappers even 10,000 to win 100 lappers you know with like the have a Tampa UDTRA and and you know that that era there were more 100 lappers uh, that that weren't 50 grand but uh, typically now like I mean the the this generation of racers know, uh 50 grand races to be 100 laps and and these races this year there's been you know 40 50 lap races i think there was even 30 laps might have been this year with bristol was that right i'm not even, i can't even remember you know i know i just know that all these fifty thousand dollar auto races not every one of them has been 100 laps and and that kind of makes it feel like i mean well that's a you know that that's a regular national touring race that just paid a lot more money and it doesn't have that you know, it just, it just loses a little bit of that luster that says, Hey, we, we won, uh, where you can automatically, everyone will know that you won a long distance race when you want 50 grand. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's still tough to, you know, you have to to degrade anybody's wins. Uh, but when there are these big races, it's, it's just, it isn't the same. I mean, it, I mean, you, you just feel it in the pits. I was talking, I think with Mike Hayes, the, uh, t- Jimmy Owens T-shirt guy. We were talking about it just the other day at Deer Creek about like, man, d- d- these races, these fifty grand races, don't feel as quite as big as they used to be. Maybe they should be thirty grand, put that other twenty thousand dollars in the middle, and only hundred. You got to be a hundred laps to be fifty grand or something like that. Uh, it, it's, it, it's 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 kind of like reached that point. Uh, I mean, I kind of knew, kind of felt that it would it eventually would with uh, so many big money races this year that it's going to make, it, it just changes the whole, uh, you know, ratio of wins, I guess, when you look at them like $10,000, uh, they don't, they, it doesn't seem as big when you have all these 20 and 25 and $50,000 races. Uh, it just, it throws off the equation a little bit, but, uh, let's, it's, uh, I, I, I kind of felt like that would I was worried that would water, water it down a little. And, and it, it feels like it has, uh, just when you, you know, you kind of, Get a good good glimpse of the whole landscape. So far as we're in July now, I think that
0: it means for the drivers, it's still pretty cool. They get the win, stuff like that. Stuff like that. I kind of meant like the fans maybe don't like talk about it as much anymore because we're on to the next race. So like, oh, T Mac won the Firecracker 100. We're talking about that on Sunday, but then a week later, ah, whatever. Oh yeah, he won that race. It felt like forever ago. And maybe us as riders or interviewers, you kind of like. You're on to the next race. You kind of forget, oh, yeah, that guy won two weeks ago. It's just so fast-moving pace. Robert, though, you have a race team. You tune on it. I feel like as a race team and a crew, the wins still mean just as much as they did 20, 25 years ago because they're tough to come by when you you know, you know, have your own operation.
2: It is uh, It is very, like I said in a, a week or so ago or a couple weeks ago, it is very, very difficult to get a win in this sport no matter what level it is. I think back to what Chris Madden and J.D., like what J.D. did in 15 and what kind of Chris Madden and I guess where Madden and and J.D. are right now. When they pull in to the parking lot, you're like, okay, they're the favorite. Everybody else, you know, is racing for third or whatever. But that's not so much the case as it used to be like when Scott Blomquist would pull into the pit area. In the 90s, you knew, or, or Jeff Purvis would pull into the pit area in the late 80s, you knew you were racing for second unless something happened to those guys. You you knew it. But now there are so many teams, you know, there are a dozen teams that have a chance to win. Just just because they're still the favorite doesn't mean you're necessarily, I mean, yeah, they're the favorite. So if they win, ho-hum. Uh, JD won again. Uh, Madden, He's he's up to 600K this year. Overton wins. I'm not sure he was the favorite up there the other night, but he wins. Are we surprised that? Are we surprised that Brandon Overton wins? No. Are you surprised that Brandon Shepard wins? No. You know, just because they're not the favorites, I don't think. I think there's a dozen guys that when they win, we're not surprised at all. But and because of that parity, it is so difficult to win these races that when they do win, I think they do still. I think they do still kind of cherish it so to speak uh definitely helps their bank account definitely helps them get up and down the highway uh as fans the way fans look at it i I think is a little bit different though Uh, right now you know the biggest one of the biggest things i guess when i'm scrolling through my facebook feed one of the biggest things that pops up a lot to me and maybe and obviously facebook is tuned to you so to speak and a lot of things that pop up on on those social media things are things that. They pop up because of your likes and whatnot. But one of the things that I see a lot is what's happened to Scott Bloomquist. You know, that's where fans are, and it's like, is Scott Bloomquist ever going to win another race? I see that. I had a, a not really a fan, but a person the other day come to me and say, "Hey, um, are, are you guys are you guys busy? Uh, how's that racing stuff going? You know, you still you are they they still doing that? They still? I'm like, there's one every night." Are we still doing it. We're 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 there's one or two every night. It is so watered down now that I don't know how a casual fan keeps up. We had correct, yeah. twenty dollars to win races on a Monday and Tuesday in Iowa this week. And I know that in Iowa you can race almost every night of the year, but not for twenty thousand dollars. You know, not drawing the best of the best, but yet that's what we had this week. And by the weekend, the casual fan will have forgotten it. True that. I probably will have forgotten it. I, I came to <laughs> you and said, you know, we're sitting here talking and I'm sitting here making some notes. I'm like, wait, I was at the race at Highland and I asked you who won.
0: <laughs> you did ask me that. You know? I was going to throw you on yeah. the bus.
2: No, I, I'm like, who won, at, who won at Highland? And I was there. I, I was filling out my notes and I forgot that Tanner English won the race. So that's how watered down it is. And I don't know. It's not a bad thing for drivers. Without streaming, this would not be possible. Uh, There's just it wouldn't because the casual, the average fan, the general guy, he he can't go to that many races a year and support it and and, and make sure that things, the purse gets paid and stuff by those ticket sales. It can't happen. You know, you might take a. a week off and travel the Midwest. And you know, if you're lucky, you just like, okay, I'm gonna spend my two weeks this year following the summer nationals, or I'm gonna to put together a trip and I'm gonna do one week of summer nationals, and then I'm gonna to go to uh to do a week of something else. But that's it. But now even the average fan gets to watch racing two or three nights a week, sitting on his couch, eating chips, you know, drinking beer at home. You know, don't even have to buy a five dollar beer a beer or or a four-dollar hot dog. So I think for the for the casual and the average fan, it's difficult. It is certainly difficult for them to keep up, you know, a, again. Um, in, in, you go to as many races as, as I, I've been. I don't know that I'll go to as many as you guys this year. I don't know. And there are a lot of people that go to more. A lot of photographers, you know, are like, well, I'm at 80 already. And uh, I think I'm at like 50 something, you know, probably 10 of those have been so just local races, eight or ten of those with my my own team. You'd be surprised that when you go to a racetrack, a local racetrack, how those the average fan that goes to a weekly show at a weekly racetrack doesn't—they're not like us. They're they're not fanatics like us. They they are not uh, in tune with every single thing that goes on around the world in dirt late model racing. They've probably never heard of Paul Stubber. You know, they've, they probably, you know, don't know Brandon Shepard's background before he got to the one car. You know, they, they don't know that uh, Ashton Winger, you know, is, is dating uh, Mark Whitener's daughter. I mean, they're just these things that the average fan just don't, they don't know and they don't have, you know, and, and so it, it's, um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just if they can't it's just too many races for them to keep up with. And I think because of the advent of streaming, I think that's the only way that this is this has happened. That's why that's why that's why Derek, you'll have promoters say we don't want to pay the rest of the field anything. We just want to put that big number on top because the average fans looking at that's the only number they look at. Fifty thousand to win, thirty thousand to win. They don't care how much it costs for Jason figure to go up and down the highway and buy six dollar and fifty cent diesel fuel. The average fan don't care about that, which sucks because if they knew that you go to a race that pays five hundred dollars to start, and you put nine hundred dollars in diesel fuel in your truck and you run twenty third, you are in the hole before you get back home, and you're you know you're out there eating ramen. It's it's uh, the average fan don't know that, and that's why you look at these. Big races that they'll do still stay top heavy, and a promoter promoters will tell you that the average fan looks at the big number, and that's what they're going with. So, oh my lord, I've been rambling, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's really watered down. It is really watered down.
0: It's good for the drivers because they have more opportunities to go race for you know ten grand. I mean, this weekend alone in the Midwest, you got Lucas Oil at Tri City Summer Nationals at Farmer City, both you know ten and twelve. And then you got the World of Outlaws up in Wisconsin, Minnesota area, so for twelve grand. So you have like within I don't know, a three state radius. I know hour wise driving maybe might be eight to nine hours, but you have three you're gonna have three different winners winning ten grand. So then, like you said on Tuesday, wait, who won this race up there in Fergus Falls? Oh yeah, Don Shaw won or whatever, you know, stuff like that. I also, Kyle, think it's depending on who the driver is. For example, I feel like now that Bobby Pierce wins these summer nationals races, you're like, oh, okay, you kinda of throw them out the window than you did like, you know, eight years ago when he was, you know, in 2014 when he's a young pup. Now you when he wins like I feel like when he moves a needle, it's gotta be a big crown jewel race or a race that pays thirty thousand dollars like he won at Fairbury during Speed Week. On the other hand, ten years ago, if Shane and Babb won a summer nationals race, I could care less. I'm like, he should be winning these. But when he wins now a Summer Nationals race, the place goes crazy. It's news because, you know, it's kind of going full circle. It's tougher for him to win. So when Bab wins those races, he gets more luster than, say, like a Bobby Pierce does now because we expect so much for him to win those big races. And like Brandon Shepard, when he's winning all those World of Outlaws like 10 grand shows, you kind of throw that out the window. So it kind of de- – it also depends. Does the win mean most to the fan maybe watching at home, If depending on the driver and the circumstance I feel like too.
3: Yeah, for sure. I actually just looked through the <laughs> this month of July and there's literally racing going on every night, twenty nine of the thirty one days this month. And of the twenty nine days, twenty four of those days have at least a, a ten thousand dollar to win show. And that's ridiculous. I mean, I look back through twenty fifteen and there was three fifteen thousand or win or more shows before the dream at Eldora. And shoot, I mean you can go down the list and, and, and just all the big shows, honestly, that got overshadowed leading into the million, you know, this year, I mean, you you just go down the line. I mean, it's most certainly watered down, but to your point, I mean, Chris Simpson, when he won at Fairbury, you know, that one night at the summer nationals a few weeks ago, um, you know, he had also knocked off uh, his first win in 50 or so races at Davenport also a summer nationals victory two nights before. I mean, that was monumental for him, right? You know? Um, I mean, and that field, that was a great field, you know, that had Dennis Herb in it, that had Bobby Pierce in it, that had the National Regulars in it. And so uh both those nights he won at Davenport and Fairbury. And so that's just kind of, you know, instances like those, right, I think uh expectation uh certainly creeps in and um, you know, we like the, ref- we like refreshment, right? I think anybody does, you know, when you're doing it every day, you know, it gets mundane, uh, every day. And it's kind of the same things to write about or the same things to talk about, or, you know, same things to watch as a fan, right? It's, it's just becomes predictable almost. And nobody likes that. Right. But also like the atmospheres too, the ski gum, that was my first time there. It was last, last weekend, July 3rd. I mean, that was a $30,000 to win show, but you look at the crowd and it was like, man, like that place was absolutely slammed. And so like the atmosphere was fantastic. And so you also think, um, you know, everybody's got a different answer to, you know, what, what quantifies something that's meaningful, right? Even like last week on the podcast or like two weeks ago, I said that Brandon Overton's eight wins weren't meaningful. That just came out of my mouth. Right, I didn't even know I said that until Robert, you know, caught me and saved my back. So, no, uh, Brandon Overton supporters or Brandon Overton himself, you know, would be coming after me and, you know, saying, oh, you know, I haven't done anything yet that's, you know, caught your eye or, you know, caught your attention. Um, but, I mean, and then, yeah, I mean, there's just so many variables, moving parts and pieces. But what we do know is, I mean, there's so much racing. And, uh, that obviously wouldn't be possible without the streams and, you know, the streaming services and, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'm not sure <laughs> what's gonna happen with it. You know, I know that next month of August, it, it, it starts to, uh, take the downturn just a little bit, you know, but even like September, September, jam packed week or jam packed month of racing, Eldora, you know, they got the World 100 week, right? You know, Add it one more day of racing to that. Obviously had to, but you know it's just uh, just more racing. It, it just seems like there's just you know races just being added, you know, which is good. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, it all depends who's winning them and and uh, the atmosphere and and there's there's just so many moving parts and 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 variables that you know go into what we're talking about here.
0: One more thing. I want to go to Kovac on this. He brought up 2015. That's seven years ago. Dirt Vision wasn't doing the Outlaws full-time. MAV-TV really wasn't. I think part of this whole thing is the mystique. Because remember, J.D. on that phenomenal historic run, you're just reading up on it or watching highlights of it on Dirt on Dirt. So, like, when when he goes to Fairbury for the Prairie Dirt, when he went to uh, the North-South 100 later on that summer, and the World 100, you're not seeing him win these races in person or watching it on a stream. So I feel like the mystique just build up, build up, build up. Now if somebody like Overton went on this historic stretch like he did last year, you pretty much saw every single race. So you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I saw him won. So I feel like those monumental moments like that when you didn't see him race in person or watching on a stream for three nights like Davenport in 15 – when you saw him race in person, like at the Prairie Dirt, you're like, man, this is badass. You're going to talk about it because it was a great photo finish. But I think you lose that a little bit with it as well.
1: Yeah, well, there's so, yeah, there are so many races now, pretty much every race you can watch. Uh, and so I, I believe that that keeps everybody more connected to the sport. And I think it does because there's, there's, obviously there's more people watching every race now than there's ever been. Because uh, they're not just all at the rate. I mean, some of these races are still getting big races, still seem like they're getting big crowds, you know. And and so you add that to, to the people who are watching back at home or wherever. I wasn't and, like uh, blaming and, and streaming. A, I
0: wasn't blaming streaming. I was yeah. saying like, you oh yeah, race, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. You can watch it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm watch.
1: not talk, I'm just saying that that like there there are there you, you when you have that many races too back in the the beginning of the streaming days too there were only. Like even the North South one hundred, Purry they weren't even done live. There was only a select few races that were done live. People would probably look at that like, oh, those are my, those are the biggest races. Those are so huge, you know? And they probably paid attention to those more. And uh and now I now I think that with all of them, it's hard to maybe it's hard to pick out which is the biggest races because they're all just uh there's not like special coverage of, of, of certain races now and and that might uh make people like think like well that's 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 not as uh, you know like that $10,000 to win race is like uh it's on just the same as a $50,000 to win race uh not that they're not going to go to the race or anything but I mean again I think there's more people that know these drivers now uh when they do go to go to a race but um but it, it does make it, it brings all the races more into a uh this is the same kind of race it's not like a a, a stand uh, when there are so many of them that you could choose from.
0: Yes. At the end of the day, I think the drivers and the crews, they feel like the wins mean just as much. I think that will always stand the test of time. As for you fans there, I know you're getting uh, getting a little spoiled there watching all these races. So enjoy the moment when you have like an Overton or a Chris Madden-type season and uh, appreciate their big victories. As always, guys, we end the show with one more thing, and I'm going to let the big dog go first. Robert, he's kind of sitting there, ready to go. I feel like he has a he has a good one to lead off here.
2: Actually, it, it's uh, my one more thing is is more of a personal note. This um, I'm off this weekend, so I'm going to apologize to uh, Todd and uh, Kevin and Kyle uh, up front or right here in front of everyone because I know that they'll be working extra hard. During this very difficult uh, stretch of uh, as we wrap up July, I'm off this weekend because I'm moving my daughter uh, to, as you say, God's country. i uh, moving her to Charleston, Illinois, to grad school. She's going to Eastern Illinois. Um, so as it's, it's, she's become over the last probably 18 months, two years. She kind of has become my, uh, my, my. My racing buddy. She goes to some races. We went to Eldora. We go to the rest of races together. She uh, a lot of times. If I have a long drive at night, uh, I'll I will send her quotes and she'll transcribe them for me late at night if she's still up. So uh, she's kind of become my 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 racing person uh, in the family. So to have her going to Illinois is kind of full circle. In, in 1999, I moved my family to LaSalle, uh Illinois. And uh, first thing I did when I moved to Lasalle to take a job there, uh, I looked at two things. A, do they have a racetrack close? Obviously, they did a great racetrack in Lasalle Speedway. It was four miles from my office, and um, of course, my wife looked to see if there's a Walmart. So, but uh, so Charleston, my daughter is moving to uh, to Charleston there, and there's uh, unfortunately the uh, dirt car summer nationals race at Charleston got canceled this year, but uh, hopefully. Uh, She'll be able to, you know, maybe take some friends out to the racetrack at Charleston in the next two years and, and introduce some some college uh, age people to the sport that might not have uh, might not have been uh, attuned to it before. So, uh, again, my apologies, guys. for I know you guys are going to be digging hard and working hard this weekend. I'll be moving boxes and, and whatnot into her apartment in Charleston, Illinois, where she has uh, uh, a. And I have to f- fatherly brag here. She's uh, it's a free ride for two years there, and, and it's a really good opportunity for her. So I'm uh, looking forward to moving her to God's country, as you say, Eric.
0: Chucktown, Charleston, EIU. Make sure you go eat at Chubby's Pizza. hits a hit there. Oh, Get the Chubby okay. Sticks. Get the Chubby <laughs> Sticks. I'm telling you, it's they're good. The I'll same. check that out. All right. Chubby Sticks for Robert this weekend. That's his one more thing. How about you, Kyle?
3: Yeah, I'm actually heading down to Roberts Territory, down south, where the Southern Nationals start, going to Beckley in West Virginia on Friday, going to Wythe in Virginia, Southern Virginia, Southernmost Virginia on Saturday, and then volunteer, good old Bulls Gap, Tennessee on Sunday. So uh, looking forward to getting to my first dirt late model race in Tennessee on Sunday. So make sure, I think most, if not all, the races are going to be streamed on flow, but um, I'll be having coverage of the start of the Southern. Southern Nationals, so get on, on com for it all.
0: Kovac's a huge Beckley guy, so he's uh, he's jealous you're headed there for that race. Uh, always good racing, slide jobs. I'm going to go next. Uh, if anybody hasn't seen the highlights from Brush Creek for the Jackie Boggs race memorial, go check it out. Definitely a race of the year contender for sure. Zach Dome, Rice, and Devin Marine were uh, throwing sliders there, and then Zach Dome ran the top of the final lap, big victory. And just go check out his victory lane because him and Jackie, and that, you know, his worked together and stuff like that. And they were very good friends. And you know, he was very choked up to win that. So if you haven't yet, go to the video highlights at Dirt on Dirt. Click on that. It's 20-minute feature. You won't uh, regret watching it, and especially watching victory lane. So shout-out to Zach Dome with that uh, cool win and a $10,000 payday at Brush Creek. Race of the year contender will definitely be in the running for uh, maybe at least honorable mention, maybe a top five. Kovac, let's go. You're in Stewart Iowa. What do you got for us?
1: I saw a cool thing uh, during the four wide last uh, on on Monday night uh, at at Stewart, the first night of the uh, two night XR uh, doubleheader. There, Uh, it was something different, you know. Like I mean, again, people say like the four wides always, always, uh, you know. I mean, it's it's overblown or anything, but the, the flag man. Uh, the starter at, at Stewart, he went down onto the racetrack and he waved the double checkered flags in between the cars going by. Uh, pretty, I mean, that's kind of a, you know, I mean, you got it gets a little bold, I think. I never really see that. I never usually see a, the, the flag man right in between all the guys going. I mean, this isn't, it's not the widest, right? It's a quarter mile. So everybody better have been, you better be trusting everybody that's like, a, hey, they know there's a, there's a flagman right in between the two rows, uh, you know, side by side here, uh, you know, the two cars in each row. Uh, but he did it and did it. I mean, he didn't start the race from down there. I mean, you know, like that, that doesn't happen very, you know, that, that that's a, that's an old day thing where you actually start the race from the racetrack. I guess that at the chili bowl, but not on a bigger racetrack with big cars, but, uh, I give a shout out to that flagman for, uh, for getting down there and, and being right in the midst of all the race cars for the, for the four wide, that's pretty cool, Kovac.
0: You don't see too many flagmen do that nowadays. Uh, I know Belclair Speedway in St. Louis when it was open, their flagman would get on the track. But like you said, that's a very, very small uh, fifth mile oval there. So he was kind of had his head on a swivel, but I think he was okay enough to get out of the way. Um, well, this is towards the end of our show. Thanks for everybody to listening. You can check us out next week at the Dirt Reporters. But for this weekend, check out all the editorial stuff. Uh, The dirt wires, race wires, all points in between. These three guys are working their butt off in the summer months in July with so many races. Check out the video highlights at Dirt on Dirt. Check out the live races at Flow Racing. All points in between. This is the Dirt Reporters. Thanks for tuning in.